We welcome you this morning. The title of my sermon is The Cry. Someone say The Cry of Purpose. Reading from the book of Exodus, the second chapter and verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and she bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, which means well-favored, everyone say well-favored, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an art of bulrushes for him, daubed it with, um, daubed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the river. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it and she saw the child, behold, the baby cried. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Psalms 57 and 1 says, I will cry out. Someone say, cry out. To the most high God who completes his purposes for me and surely fulfills them. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. This is your room. This is your place. Speak to my brothers and sisters, even what I do not say. Awaken us to our purpose. Awaken us to the destiny that is to come. Awaken us to our calling. Awaken us to our future. Speak to us in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Purpose excels in the worst of circumstances. In most desperate, inconvenient, don't have enough, don't feel like it circumstances. Anybody ever not felt like it? Purpose excels. In this story, the curtain comes up in the book of Exodus. And the chapter before it, Genesis closes out and Joseph, Jacob's son, Joseph, that had to rival for his destiny with his brothers, is at the right hand of Pharaoh looking so regal and so awesome. But when the curtain comes up in the book of Exodus, there's a little woman standing on the shore looking weak and beaten down, weak and beaten down, and she is walking in purpose. I want you to know this morning, you are part of God's mandate. If you're breathing, if you're alive, if you're here on planet Earth, you are part of God's agenda. Someone say amen. Ephesians 1:11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. 1 Corinthians 12 and 6 in the Phillips translation says, God works through different people in different ways, but it's the same God. Someone say the same God. The same God who achieves his purposes through all. You see, when Joseph went into Egypt 400 years earlier, God was showing his glory. But in this chapter, God is still showing his glory. God's showcase is different than ours. Can I get an amen? I thought I was called to the missions field at Lee University. Um, Mike Cook, all my friends were, were going different places across the world. And I told daddy, I'm called to preach the gospel. And my daddy said, yes, you are. But you're going to pay off your bent up pinto. And you're going to go waitress. Come on, somebody. And you're going to work your little backside off to pay off that car. And you're going to learn that Jesus can show his glory glory in a restaurant as much as he can overseas come on 
Jesus can use us anywhere, and it's up to him to decide where that showcase is. Don't interrupt God's glory by thinking you can't bloom. I heard a terrible story this week about someone who's believing a dream that's not true for 25 years, and at every point of their life, they're missing that God wants them, one of my favorite statements, to bloom where they're planted, to be used where they are, to stop looking, as Robert Morris says in Dreams of Destiny, Barry Manilow is not going to call you. You're not going to be a backup singer for him. Come on, somebody. Most of you are like, who in the world is Barry Manilow? Just keep moving forward. It's all good. It's to show his glory. And God is showing his glory through a woman will learn her name, Jehoshabed. Say, I'll never forget. Jehoshabed and here she is on the shore but God is showing his glory as much as he showed it in Joseph in regal robes when this curtain comes up it's a weak woman with a baby on the shore looking defeated God orchestrates events in such a way that we recognize his thumbprint on it can I get an amen Israel was in the midst of hope and despair in Exodus 2 and Exodus 1. She was sighing in pessimism and she was moaning in oppression. Unseen forces of God's providence was taking shape. If you looked back over your life today, I'm sure you would say with me, I didn't know that God's providence, his providential care, that he is a divine orchestrator, that he was moving pieces in my life in the darkest moment of my addiction, in the darkest moment of my despair, in the darkest moment of my grief. God was saying, you hold on. I know what I am working out of this situation. I know what I'm bringing forth. Someone give a shout out to God. The unseen forces of God's providence took shape. They overshadowed that baby's life whom we come to know as Moses. But you can only imagine all the anxiety that was in that mama's heart because Pharaoh had said all the male children must die. You see, Joseph had died, we find out in Exodus 1, and this is pivotal. All that generation had died. They had moved off. And Joseph had such favor. Sometimes we think our favor is connected to a person. And, and people can be a part, but you may get a boss that doesn't, can't stand you, but your favor is with God. Come on. You may be working with a coworker that you think, I'm just going to, as Pastor Hugs, I'm just going to kill them and tell God they died. Come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm just irritated with this and irritated with that because sometimes we associate favor with a certain person. So here it says, a new king arose in Exodus 1 who did not know of Joseph, didn't know that Joseph saved Egypt, that Joseph with his wise providence saved that country. And this Pharaoh began to beat down the people of God. I'm going to tell you, the church of Jesus Christ will outlast every heathen ruler. Come on. We outlasted Stalin and Hitler. We have outlasted the Crusades. We have outlasted every evil Nero and every evil Herod and every evil president that may come. I'm not saying anything about the present one. I'm just saying whatever comes, the church of Jesus Christ will march on. The church is triumphant. Give him a praise. And that new king arose and he did not know of Joseph. And they thought favor was gone, but favor was still there. The divine orchestrator. Favor is always connected to God. Don't confuse sources with resources. 
God is your source. Resource is your paycheck. Resource is how someone helps you. But never worship a resource. Only worship the source. Because resources will change. People will come and go. But the Lord God will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. This new king said, let us deal shrewdly with these people, these Israelites. Let us deal shrewdly with them. And let's do this lest they become strong like us. Right there tells you the designation of what was in the enemy's mind. The target was to keep the people of God from being strong. I want to tell you this morning, Daniel said in the book of Daniel that in the last days, the enemy will seek to wear out God's people. The target on you today is that you not walk in the strength of the Lord. The target on you today is that you not realize for what you've been called and who you've been called for. It's to keep you weak and pushed back and intimidated. But someone say, the cry of my purpose goes on. Yes, it does. But the more that Pharaoh afflicted them, you know the story, the more they multiplied and the more they grew. He made their lives bitter with hard bondage, mortar, and brick. If you've been feeling lately, I feel overwhelmed. I'm, you know, uh, steering this ship of this church underneath my elders and with everyone in place is a lot. But I spent all week with my sister friend who's taken over a worldwide organization. And as I walked through 360 employees and sat with her with her bankers and accountants and her employees, I came home saying, hallelujah, my brick and mortar is really not that bad. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you have to get around somebody and see what they are working through. But he said, let's taskmaster them down. You see, the enemy comes in, but also the word says, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord. Anybody ever had the spirit of the Lord to come in like a flood? At this point in our narrative, no names are mentioned. And I love that. We're going to learn Jehoshaphat is the mother. We're going to learn about Miriam and Aaron later, not this morning, but in the passage as the narrative unfolds. But I love it that no names are mentioned because I believe this is deliberate. I believe so the spotlight might be upon the primary actor of this story. The primary actor of Israel and the primary actor of your life and my life is the great I am that I am that I am. Come on, somebody. And as I often say, when you stand on the great red carpet of eternity and they ask you how you made it through this and how you made it through that, it will not be spilled. It will not be male. It will not be the amazing Denzel that you will give glory. But you'll point to the center of the heavens and you'll look to the right and you'll say it was the great I am that I am that delivered me, that raised me up and that put me on the earth with purpose. Someone say hallelujah. God himself is spotlighted in this sacred history of this narrative. But this is your story too. You see, you are important in the agenda of God. You are important in the covenant and the redemption story of God. God uses obedience in this story and faithfulness. It was tough. Sometimes we think this load is a bit much. This load feels overwhelming. Maybe we're in that season of Isaiah 50 where we're walking and barely not fainting. We don't feel like we're running or soaring 
and it's tough. But I don't want you to overlook this woman standing on the shore was a slave. She worked all day in the brickyard. I can't imagine that. And the modern day taskmasters still, they would beat them down. If you ever study that history, the taskmasters is the one while they were working in the fields. He just kept taking his whip and beating them. If they fell down, if they stumbled, if they rested, isn't that kind of like our modern taskmasters of fear, worry, anxiety? You start feeling a little powerful. You start feeling like you can fulfill the will of God. And that taskmaster of insecurity, that taskmaster of fear, that taskmaster of you're not good enough, you're not making a difference, there's nothing you can do. And that taskmaster, that modern day beats you down. What are those lurking fears in your life today? What are those things that intimidate you? With confidence, we can say that if he is for us, he is greater than all the world against us. Someone give him a praise in this room. But your Pharaoh, your modern day taskmaster will try to beat you down. The, the goal is to get you not to multiply the gifts that God has given you. The goal is to get you to back up. Discouragement's designation and its target is always to lead you into disappointment. And then if you're discouragement, the root of that word means to hack away, to get you to back up. And that's what Pharaoh thought he could do. But Pharaoh misunderstood what the enemy misunderstands about us. If it was up to us, we'd be pushed back and about to fall. But it is the Lord that sustains us. Can I get an amen? Hebrews 11 and 23 says, by faith. Someone say, by faith. Moses' parents hid him for three months because they were not afraid. Listen to this, of the king's command. The midwives did the same thing. That Pharaoh said, kill those male babies when they're born. But the midwives feared God more than they feared the king's command. The church in the age today has got to fear God more than any earthly king's command. Before we fear anything politically or crazy in this cancel culture, we have got to fear God and God alone. Because fear of man is a snare and it will lead you. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom will always put you back on your feet and give you strength. Someone give God a hand clap of praise and the midwife said we rush I love this we rush to those Jewish women but they're rigorous don't you love that they're slaves they're working all day but the destiny in them says when we get to them they've already delivered the baby and we can't get them because God divine orchestrator we cannot bow to the voice of the age the voice of the age that says you're not good enough. The voice of the age that says you're not qualified. The voice of the age that says you're not educated enough. You don't have the right look. You don't have the right education. You don't have the right pedigree. I'm telling you from Genesis to Revelation, God delights raising up the whosoever out of the pit and using them to declare his glory. There is no certain pedigree. There is no certain limit. But there is a God who picks up Gideon and causes him to be a mighty man of valor. There is a God who picks up a little orphan girl and makes her queen of Persia. There's a God who takes a little boy who was rejected by his daddy and uses him. And King David slays the giant. Don't you disqualify yourself because your purpose is crying out before the throne room. Come on, somebody. I love that, though. We can't bow to the voice of the age. Those doubt dealers, those fruit Steelers. I often talk about that so many times. I remember I was in Canada preaching at a large conference with Kathy Payne, and there was a girl that just done a powerful um, illustrated dance. And, 
there were about 2,000 women from Canada, Jamaica, Bahamas. I mean, you want to have a good time. It was a good time. There was only a one old piano, but they, they kept time with their feet. And I mean, it was just the, one of the greatest events of my life. When it was over, this girl just danced powerfully before I preached. And she came up to Kathy Payne and I, and we said, you did awesome. Kathy Payne is the International Missions Director, Church God of Prophecy, and one of my dear friends. And uh, we said, you did awesome. The Lord was all over you. She said, every time I do that, every time I minister, the enemy tells me I don't matter. The enemy tells me it's not any good. And Kathy Payne and I didn't even look at each other. I mean, we didn't even look at each other. But on cue, we both said the same words. We hear the same voice. But the older we get, we've learned the power of ignore. When that voice says that, we just say, that's okay. You know what? You wouldn't be talking to me, enemy, unless I have a great destiny. You wouldn't be trying to intimidate me and telling me I'm not doing anything unless I have a great purpose. You wouldn't be trying to bully me unless I'm on the verge of bringing something great out. When I started preaching in the early days, some of you are with me, the enemy said, your sermons are so simple. You should teach them to fifth graders. And I was just pacing, thinking, you know, I studied so hard, 70 resources, and like I was constructing a theme paper for Lee University, and I didn't understand. And the Lord gave me an answer, and I said, thank you, thank you so much, Satan. Thank you, because the world, the main reading level of the world is a fifth grade level. So isn't it beautiful that the Lord has given me the ability to confound the wise and make simple things? Come on, somebody. You've got to learn the power of ignore and not let the voices of the age that want to steal your fruit and steal what God wants to do. I love that she put that baby in that ark and put it on the water. This is for some parents today. There's a moment she had to wait. And I felt this by the Spirit of the Lord. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. When we've done all we can with our children, our grandchildren, when we've done all we can, and we put them in that ark of God's word, and we send them out, sometimes there's a wait period that we have to wait to see the seed catch up. Come on, somebody. In my yard, and I'm praying to God it doesn't all die by spring, because Pastor was a horticulturist, and I'm from England. I don't even know how to grow anything. But anyway, he, you know, he would cast that seed out into the yard, and come about March, It'll start sprouting up everywhere, front, backyard. It turns into a rainforest. But he would do the seed ahead of time. I'm going to tell you something. God is going to bring some seed home that's been cast into children, into ministries, into things. You've got to put it out there and say, Lord, I've done all I can do. But I'm going to wait and trust you that you're going to take over now. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. And I love the divine orchestrator that God is. I love his timing. I love that he can make divine arrangements. I love it that the mighty shield of God, and listen to me, the mighty shield of God is around your purpose. I love it that that ark went out into the water, but the reeds in the water, the Bible says, kept it from floating away. That was a first miracle. Everyone say first miracle. Second was that the basket was not carried away. The third one was that the Pharaoh's daughter walked to the riverbank. At the time, the water carried the ark. But that is you and that is me. We are absolutely shielded with the provision of God Almighty, the protection of God Almighty, the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, he can get you to where you need to be. God, I need an open door. You don't have to have Aunt Sally to make 
make a call, though she may, and that may work for you. You don't have to have Uncle Bob to open that door, but God may use him. But God has a way of getting you where you need to be at the moment you're supposed to be there for a breakthrough to divine assignment. You see, a hundred trivial things could have gone wrong in this picture, but no matter the circumstance, God's purpose marches on, and God will do what only God can do. Give him one more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God's glory shows up with a weak woman on the shore. After it had been so beautiful in Joseph at the right hand of Pharaoh. But here's a woman who had worked in the fields. Here's a woman that when she saw her baby, she saw that it was well-favored. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to see your purpose as well-favored. I can tell you all day long, and I will. I'm a born encourager. I will tell you all. I love working with leaders. I love pulling out gifts. But I've learned something about my own self. It is I who I listen to the most. And if I don't see my purpose, if I don't see my calling as well-favored, nothing anyone else says can tell me. So you've got to say like Jehoshaphat did, what I have in my hand, yours is not a physical baby, but it's something God wants to do through you in the earth. You've got to declare. If you knock on bankers' doors, if you knock on lawyers' doors, if you knock on every door, I'd love to build a men's rehab. Uh, Marcus and Joni is building in Marcus's behalf a ministry home in North Carolina called Poppy's House. It's for wounded ministers. I said, my vision would love to build another men's rehab in honor of Pastor Hank and raise that up. I don't know how that's going to go, but I've got enough people saying, what can we do? How can we be a part? You know what? It doesn't matter how many doors we knock on. It doesn't matter what we see. What we've got to know that heaven is going to back us up. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. She looked so alone on the shore, but she wasn't. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses that have borne testimony to the life of faith. Let us run with patience, endurance, and steady and active persistence. Steady and active. Say steady and active. The appointed course of the race that is before us. You may fall down, but get back up. You may get discouraged, but get back up. You may take a day off and pull the curtains and say, I'm done, but get back up and run the race because there is a great cloud of witnesses. Jehoshaphat looked alone on the shore, but heaven was backing her up. In the moments that you feel like nobody is there for you, and in this day you can get a hold of anybody, but back in the landline days, can I get an amen? You might not be able to reach anybody to get a hold of you, but I learned that heaven is backing me up and heaven is backing you up. When you take a stand in faith, when you say, Lord, I want to see what you're doing. I'm going to take a step out on the shore of God's purposes. And I'm going to say what you have given me is holy. I'm going to tell you heaven is standing behind you. The great witnesses from Genesis all the way up through the New Testament. Your fathers, your grandfathers, Pastor Hank, all the great people. My mother, they've got their hands in the back. When we went to Masada, not Masada, I'm sorry, when we went into Dominican Republic, Citadel. You know, we would climb Citadel. Pastor Hank, we had to fly a plane over there. Well, another pilot flew us. We didn't fly it. But we got over there, and uh, you probably know about that place, Pastor Ramon. And we were going up the Citadel, and the little Haitian 
Haitian and Dominican Republic boys would put their hand on our back and they would want money for it, but they would push you because it's one of the seventh wonders of the world to climb that. You know what? I feel like, and it was sweet. I mean, they, I, what I did is I said, my daddy always used to put his hand on my back when we would climb a hill. And next thing you know, all the Haitian boys were, you know, they had their hands on everybody's back. We do it for one dollar, one dollar only. We did do it for one dollar. Of course, you know Hank Davis, he gave them a lot more than a dollar. But when I think about that, that is heaven with heaven's hand on your back, pushing you up the mountain of the Lord. You may feel no one really sees your potential. I may feel like no one really sees my potential, but heaven is backing you up and heaven sees your potential today. Someone give him glory. And then you have the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit behind you. You have the creator of the ends of the earth. You have Jesus who had the eye of the tiger and the Holy Spirit right behind you. You wonder what, if you'll come help me, Josh. You wonder what the, the sound of that was like for Moses. What was it that they heard? It said the baby cried and she said, this is well favored. I believe the cry of purpose that they heard was the cry of a million Jews. Hang with me. Who said in the heavenlies, not literally, but in the heavenlies, don't let that baby die because inside that baby is a destiny. Someday that Moses will stand before the most evil ruler of the world when he is in his 80s and he will lean on his cane and he will go up morning and day and he will say if you don't let my people go I'm going to send a plague and he will go back and rest and every day he would come back saying let God's people go but God hardened Pharaoh's heart so God could get the glory some of you are up against some situations you feel like some hearts have been hardened but I'm going to tell you today to the glory of God God uses hardened hearts to, so he can receive all the glory. All the glory. Maybe it was a sound saying, don't let that baby die. Because someday on that morning after the firstborn of Egypt's sons are dead, Moses will lean once again on that cane and say, let us go. We're going to worship. And that man will lead a million people out. The Bible says when God wanted to bring Egypt, um, Israel out of Egypt, he merely stretched forth his hand and he pulled them out. That's all God has to do. Someone say, that's all. I can only stretch this far. But the creator of the ends of the earth has such strength that he can stretch his arm and pull a million people out of bondage. Then I believe that cry of purpose said, that Moses is going to cross the Red Sea. That Moses is going to get the commandments. That Moses is going to be used. And I believe in the heavenlies. That's the cry Jehoshaphat heard. But today you can't hear the cry over your life. You maybe can't see the well-favored purpose. But if God could do a spiritual ultrasound over you, like you do when you're physically pregnant, and show you the potential most everyone in this room have more potential inside of you than other people have living outside of them. If God could show you, this is your purpose, Donna. This is your purpose, James. This is your purpose, Al. These are the things left yet to be done. That's the cry, I believe, of purpose. When Jesus was in the Gethsemane and he was weeping, it was the cry of our purpose, of the millions that would come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior of every sinner and saint in this room where we all were sinners.
It was his decision to hear the cry of our purpose. He told Pilate, do you not think that I can tell my father? We used to sing a song, Pastor Connie, you probably remember. He could have called 10,000 angels. He said, do you think I could not even just look at my father? Like, this is the son of the living God being beaten beyond repair. And Pilate is just saying, just help me get you out of this. And Jesus said, do you not think I could just look at him? And he would send thousands. I mean, I'm sure those angels that loved Christ Jesus, that knew him from the foundations before the world. Because the Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. I'm sure they had their swords and they're just waiting, please Elohim. Please let us save heaven's darling. Please let us pull out our swords and remove this pain. We can't bear it anymore. That's your son. But Jesus, I believe, heard the cry of purpose of Paula at Women of Hope 2022 and said, no, I've got to save Paula. I believe the cry of purpose was heard for so many people in this room and he said, no, I'm going to walk up on, on that hill and give my life. You see, Jesus heard the cry of purpose. And the Bible says he despised the shame. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy was the freedom of you and I. The joy was the freedom of Christy. The joy was the freedom of Gail. The joy, the cry of purpose. I believe that same cry went forth when Peter denied the Lord Jesus out by that fire. And the Bible says when he denied him, Jesus looked at Peter. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. Have you ever shamed yourself? Have you ever done something you wished you hadn't done? Well, everybody has. And then when you looked up to Jesus, you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish I could change it. All Jesus says, you can't change it, but I can change you. And I believe in that moment, Peter's cry of purpose was going before the heavens don't let him sink down in that denial don't let him become a prodigal and that be the end of him i don't think you and i fully understand in the darkest moments of our life how the cry of purpose around our life said don't let them give up there's souls waiting behind them there's people lined up behind them let the cry of their purpose go through i feel like in 1980 an addict, cocaine addict named Hank Davis, as he was shooting up in his toes. Everybody had given up on him, and I had left him and divorced him. Just really thought that he would probably end up on skid row and die. And there he is, just despair and shooting up cocaine and using many other things and just bankrupt, lost everything. But somehow in that moment, the cry of purpose of every soul he would lead to Jesus was going before the kingdom. Don't let that soul die. Don't let that man give up. Because inside of him are thousands of people he will meet as an evangelist. They will see Jesus in that man because that man never forgot what God brought him out of. They will see the Father's love. They will see someone who walks in redemption. And I believe the cry of purpose over this property was going before the kingdom. Don't let him die. Because inside of him, he doesn't know. He's shooting up. He's into heroin. He's into cocaine. He's at the bottom. But you see, around him was the circuit of heaven. Saying, we know what will come forth in years to come. A property will be purchased on 3900.
700 Atkinson Drive. And on that property will be the whosoever tribe. It'll be called Church of the Harvest. He can't see it. He's in despair. But inside of him is great purpose. Someone give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the cry of purpose over our marriage. When I was just full of all kind of junk going to Lee University but so broken inside looked like I was so happy and worshiping Jesus and the Lord said Rhonda you've got wounds and scars inside of you and I said no I don't Lord I'm a worshiper I'm, I'm leading a big junior choir I'm doing all these things in Delta Zeta and Alpha Gamma Chi don't worry about that anyway I'm doing all these things for your kingdom and the Lord said through Psalms 44 and 21 shall not God search this out for he knows the secret places of the heart. And the Lord said, I've looked inside of you and I've seen wounds and scars. And I'm going to bind them up and heal them. Because you've got a destiny you can't believe. And that little house I lived in on Lee College property with three other roommates when God moved in. That's a story for another day. And healed my heart and turned my life around. He did it knowing. Because I said, my friend said, you know, back in that day, it was a tough way to live and if you were divorced they just want to put you off in a corner thank God we understand grace today but so many of my precious friends would say you're called to preach but you'll never be able to do it you're called to do this but you've got such a past and I just said okay okay sometimes you got to rise up and say that's not okay what God has for me I'm going to do come on somebody but I had just settled like someone eating scraps off of a table and the Lord and the cry of purpose of every, and I don't want to say much about me because it's not important. But any place I've ever preached, every soul I've walked through abortion, every woman that's been crumpled in addiction. You see, in that time, the Lord said, purpose said, don't leave her that way. She doesn't know. She's just happy to accept a second piece of life. But God wants to use her as a voice in these days. Don't let her purpose die. And God restored that marriage in 1984. And God receives the glory. Hallelujah. And I think about Church of the Harvest. Even at the promotion of Pastor Hank Davis into heaven. It's nothing we could have ever imagined. But the cry of this church's purpose went before the heavens. That first Wednesday night, I had to come tell you, and I said, who will pick up this mantle, Pastor Hank, and who will pick up this mantle? And we felt the stirring of the Lord on the very afternoon he went to heaven. It's because it's the purpose of this church. It's the purpose of the next building we get. It's the purpose of the homeless, the attic. It's the purpose of everything the Lord wants to do. If I've ever been just enlarged in my vision, I don't know what it all looks like, but God really challenged me this week. Don't accept status quo Get ready to enlarge the place of your dwelling. Come on, somebody. With everyone in place. And then in this room, I think about Linda Chapman, Susan Vernon, Pastor Ramon, Pastor Tyrone. I could say all of this. Courtney with a heart defect. In your worst moment, the cry of your purpose went before the throne room. We've not reached everybody we're going to reach. I'm 60, but I've not reached everybody I want to reach. There's an awakening coming. But I wonder this morning, if you could hear the sound of people around you and the way they're crying out, not literally, but before the throne room, because they, that, that intercession's going before God, because they, God knows what's inside of you. God knows what is to come. 
God knows where it goes from here, what you're going to bring to the earth and what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish. God knows. So that sound is filling the heavenlies and the Lord hears it. And that sound is don't give up. Don't stop. Don't back up. You don't know what's coming as surely as Hank Davis didn't know, as surely as Rhonda Davis didn't know, as surely as Church of Harvest. When Pastor David Herring years and years ago was probably discouraged, grew up in a dysfunctional family. That's not my story to tell. But there's, I've only known Hope House since 2010. But I know the hundreds of women I've loved with all my heart that are alive today. And the cry of Pastor David's purpose was going before the throne room when he grew up in that dysfunctional family where most of his siblings are still lost. God said in that man and in that woman is deliverance and healing for many generations. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Maybe the sound of purpose sounds a little bit like this. Can you give Jesus a praise as you stand all over this building this morning? Come on, can you give Jesus a praise? Come on, can you give Jesus a praise? Hallelujah. 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 This is what I want you to do. I'm going to ask those in the altar just to face me, if you will, and put the chain down. I'm going to ask everyone in this room, make the space you want to, but I want you to, your hands represent your purpose, and I just want you to stand. Whatever space you want to, come and stand in the altars facing this way. Bring your purpose to the shore. Come down, everyone in the altar. You can come and stand, but just bring what you feel like God has spoken to you. I'm going to pray over you. From where I'm at, come on, bring your purpose with you. Bring what God wants to do in you and through you, with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I sense by the Spirit of the Lord before I pray for you, there's some, I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying there's some ministries that are being birthed. There's some things that are coming to fruition. There's some blueprints coming for some things that we didn't really understand but this morning, as the word was going forth, there was a quickening in some spirits and in some minds. The Lord said, don't think it's strange. That's God speaking to you. I want you to lift your hands or put your hand on your heart to represent your purpose right where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up every purpose represented in this room. Every destiny, Lord. Every man and woman that's called, Lord. Maybe this morning the veil was torn back and they saw behind the scenes of the hardest moments in their life. Maybe there was an understanding of what you can do and will do through them. Lord, awaken us to the vision. Awaken us to the dream. Lord, let us know that there is people waiting for us to take a step there are people waiting for us to fulfill our purpose in our loneliest moments in our down moments in our doubting moments our fearful moments when the taskmasters try to beat us down let us rise up lord and say my purpose is well favored and god is going to do mighty things lord don't let us neglect the ones waiting don't let us neglect the ones in interceding Lord they don't know us they don't know us but their purpose Lord the prodigals the addicts the wounded ministers the incarcerated Lord all these we've mentioned the homeless Lord the broken-hearted the country of America our youth Lord the single mother the single dad Lord the addict the alcoholic Lord let us fulfill our purpose so you can raise up many sons and daughters to take their place in the earth and to fulfill the Great Commission Lord we ask you to speak to us 
we ask you to enlarge our vision we ask you to do what only you can do now if you're by someone just hold one person's hand if you don't know anybody don't don't worry about that but just pray with them over their purpose just right now before we close come on if you're by someone that you know and just pray for them come on pray for that hand I pray for this hand that I'm holding I pray Lord you would bring to fruition everything in their life Lord let them not be fearful don't let doubt intimidate them Lord God let them see every redemption of their past for the future that you want to bring into this earth Lord oh Lord God do what only you can do Lord accomplish what only you can accomplish let us hear the cry of our purpose on our worst day and our best day Lord, these people we've brought to you, Lord God, let us know there are many more waiting for us to make our stand. Don't let us get in the way. Let us get out of the way that you can fulfill your word in us, Jesus. Lord, we commission every one of us this morning to dream more, to hear from the Spirit. Lord, let miracles flow in this altar right now, Lord. I thank you for even healing, Lord, flowing in hearts and minds for wounded hearts. Lord, for sick bodies, I pray for healing, for discouragement. Lord, for those who are about to just jump out of their recovery place, Lord, let them stay in till you're done, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Can we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? I'm just going to dismiss you from here. Thank you for coming, Pastor Ramon, 230 Spanish Church. Woohoo! Hola. <laughs> So awesome. We love you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. The Lord bless you and keep you.